0: Making a no-budget film It's like going to war. But you're not General MacArthur storming the beaches with the force of a hundred thousand soldiers. Instead, you're you're more like a squad of Viet Cong guerrillas behind enemy lines, trying to complete an impossible mission using guile and your wits. The odds stacked against you. It's risky, difficult, and dangerous. I can swear to it. I've been there. This
1: this Easter night, this dark Easter night, we thought we'd just do an Easter special to just uh you know bring that spirit uh to our listeners,
0: For the fine Christian folk that listen to this podcast.
1: And so we started thinking, well, what is it that people love so much about Easter? Uh, at least Jesus in this millennia, sweet baby Jesus. It's not so much that I don't, I mean, Jesus, I get a sense he's pretty popular, but I think it's more the coming back to life thing that that he does. I mean, that is (laughs) of all his powers. That one's the one that really seems to impress people the most. Let's go over some of our favorite resurrections from, uh, cinema and art and those great cinematic back from the dead memories.
0: Well so, so before we get into those, I wanna say I, I wanna I wanna broaden the idea of what resurrection is just a moment to include um uh, franchises, you know. Oh no uh, yeah. franchise yeah, franchises where a character died maybe in one of the movies but then subsequently comes back later down the line. And I was thinking, you know, we're about to get into a list of some of the the best resurrections in in film and uh, television, well, but maybe. I want to I want I want to talk about the the hall of shame for a moment. Okay. Uh, <laughs> all right. So these 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 are just my top three um, resurrections that should not have happened. Okay. Let's just get the negative out of the way, you know, and then we'll get into we'll end the no, the show on a high note. Uh, Ripley from Alien Three. I know that that. Alien 3 is, is by, no, by no means the most popular of the Alien franchise, but it has its moments. It's still David Fincher. And if nothing else, the, the ending where Ripley sacrifices herself in order to kill uh, the queen from, from hatching gave a, a fitting end to that series. And then uh, Alien Resurrection occurred.
1: That's right. The film has resurrection in the title.
0: It was fitting in for a, a classic character, and I don't think she should have come back.
1: See, I, I disagree because it's like the film is called Alien Resurrection, and it's about Ripley gets resurrected, right? And you're going, "What's the deal? Why are they calling it Alien Resurrection if it's Ripley? Why aren't they calling it Ripley Resurrection?" It's not <laughs> obvious means. It's just uh, obviously that sounds really weird just to say Ripley Resurrection, and people wouldn't want to go to the movies just to see that. But but when you've watched it, you find out. There is an alien that gets... Because res- when she died she had the, in the yeah. first film, she, she had one in her. And so they actually, by resurrecting her, are resurrecting the alien both... Ripley right. and Alien Resurrection, and that's your and that's your beef, I believe, is you're mad that the title was just called Alien Resurrection and not Ripley plus Alien Resurrection.
0: Yeah, I mean, if you should give credit where credits due is what I think.
1: Yeah, well, I'm going to go ahead and scratch that off my list. It was my uh, final one tonight. So <laughs> oh, wasn't <it> really. <laughs> we've already covered it. So, all right. Please, well, we, I might get to. I might, I might I, get to a few of my other ones. I, I got a feeling you will. So go ahead and let's hear what else. Uh,
0: you the the T800 from Terminator Two. Very similar to Ripley in terms of uh, the Arnie's death in in T2, but um, if you've seen Terminator 3, no resurrection in the title, unfortunately, uh, and, and, and any subsequent Terminator films since T2, they've just further damaged the legacy that was that once storied franchise. And much like Ripley, almost exactly in terms of dying in a, in a vault of hot lava fire, Uh, It was it was a perfectly poignant end to a character that had started a villain and had been redeemed over the course of two movies.
1: That was such a great scene too. him going down into that molten metal with that thumbs up. Yeah. You know, but then in Alien 3, when Ripley did it, it didn't I didn't understand why she was doing a thumbs up when she went into the lava.
0: Well, Uh, no, no. She catches the uh, alien, the chest buster, doesn't she?
1: Yeah, but there's a if you stay till after the credits, uh, it's like a final scene. Her hand comes up out of the lava, thumbs up, you know, and it's like, what? Uh, is that real? No, <laughs> of course not. Because
0: no. <laughs> I would have liked it much better if it was. <laughs>
1: yeah, and then it says Ripley will return and Alien plus Ripley resurrection.
0: Oh shit! I'm, yeah. You know what? That just gave me an idea to add add to my uh, to my list. I might go with six.
1: 100%. Sure. Yeah. Since I'm already down to four, go ahead.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you can have one of mine. Yeah. Um, and the and the last one in the hall of shame is uh, Michael Myers. Yeah. Now, now, I- I'm gonna give a little bit of an asterisk to that because I did enjoy David Gordon Green's Halloween uh, soft reboot slash sequel. Um, and if that was if that's where the movie's picked up, then I would really uh, he wouldn't be on my list at all. But as it is, Michael Myers has died pretty much since on in every movie since Halloween one. And it gets worse every time he comes back, with the exception of David Gordon Green's Halloween reboot remake, whatever this was, revival.
1: I feel like the only reason Michael Myers gets resurrected is because like all the other major, you know, murderer monsters were doing it at the time. You know, it's like Freddy well, Freddie does it and Jason
0: does it. Maybe Michael should do it. In fairness to the Halloween franchise, they did attempt to do sort of the, the series as sort of an anthology. You know, Halloween 3, which is, if you called it anything, if you just called it Season of the Witch, I think people would have really appreciated it. It's actually a pretty damn good horror film. But within the context of it being in a Halloween movie in the terms that people think about, like with Michael Myers and Dr. Loomis and you know, Jimmy Lee Curtis and all those classic characters, it, it feels off. It feels like a strange addition. Yeah, to the series, but they did try to actually kill the character off properly after the second one, um, and people just revolted. And and you know that's where the audience has to take a little bit of the blame, take a little on the on the chin, uh, because we could have had a proper death for Mike Myers, and res- and preserved the legacy of that character, uh, but instead we got uh, you know Halloween four through, God, they actually had a didn't they had they had a Halloween resurrection too, another bad omen. Oh really? Yeah, I think the one after H two O wasn't that Halloween resurrection.
1: What's the deal with H two O? Because there's not twenty movies. There. No, but it was
0: it was twenty years later,
1: and it's and this one is uh, it's like at sea. It should have been H two O. I th- I, th- I, th- I
0: actually I actually thought that was a missed opportunity. I thought they could have done one where like maybe uh, you know Jamie Lee Curtis's character and her now son was previously her daughter uh, go on a cruise ship. You know.
1: It, and, yeah. uh,
0: and Mike Myers, you know, he hitchhikes down the road and and he hops on said, you know, it's like in, in, at a certain point, horror films always end up in space. Right. You know, you kind of expect that, you know, Jason X in space, Leprechaun yeah. in space. It's essentially, you know, characters trapped on a ship. Take take it. out. Why not yeah. be literal? Why take, not take be them literal? out to
1: sea? Take them to the to the seven seas, man. Let them deal with crazy weather and, uh, you know, vitamin C. Uh, shortages and sharks, sharks, and Michael like, Myers.
0: He, let me ask you a question. If Mike Myers is chasing you and you're at the end of the bow, and you're only you've you got two choices for survival fighting Michael Myers or jumping into the ocean and, and potentially fighting sharks, what do you do?
1: Uh, probably Michael Myers because um, I'm not that great of a swimmer. <laughs> and uh, I'm better on my feet, and I feel like Michael Myers uh, is kind of. Sl- I mean, he definitely to me is one of those movie monsters that you're like, I could beat that guy. Like he moves all slow, and he doesn't like he can't run. It seems, you know. He well, just
0: you kinda- know he he's he's a believer in you know the the tale of the tortoise and the hare.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I love where you're going. Take it out to sea. I remember, uh, Jason goes to Manhattan. There's this yes, scene where this they, they get on this boat to go to the, the, the docks and, uh, the, you know, sit to, I guess, sail to Manhattan. I don't remember how they get there, but it's, they take a boat to Manhattan and Jason just sort of walks on the ocean floor. And right. I'm like, you do you remember that? Like they, yeah, they they arrive and he just kind of climbs up like I was walking after your boat the whole time on the ocean floor. (laughs) And I remember thinking like, there's a, there's a movie right there. There's an adventure, you know, a a crazy immortal murderer with a, uh, you know, a machete just kind of walking around on the ocean floor. And maybe he, uh, I mean, what if he, I mean, that that was a long trip. I, I know there's not a whole lot of research, you know, ocean research going on in that area, but. What if he had stumbled upon, um, you know, like an underwater sea lab or something? Yeah, you know. And well, if you seen? They thought if he was you've... like, oh, it's there's a diver out. Let's get to bring him in, and it's Jason.
0: Well, listen, if you thought if you thought Jaws was scary, imagine if Jason is underneath the ocean.
1: Yeah, just walking around. Just yeah, I guess he. Does... Hands. Why doesn't he float? Why? Why is he?
0: He doesn't breathe though, right? So he wouldn't be buoyant. There would be no uh, there be no air reserves to make him buoyant.
1: That makes sense. And he died in uh, the lake, so his lungs were already full of water. Yeah, so, right. So uh, yeah, that does make sense. I, I that checks out. It's good stuff. Right. Yeah.
0: Well, so that's our hall of shame in terms of resurrections that should not be. But now that we've got that negativity out of the way, we're going to talk about resurrections that are actually pretty awesome. Maybe.
1: Yes. Good good times when you went. I'm so glad that guy back from the dead because right. this movie would not have worked without him uh well okay. why don't you start us off what have you got okay
0: yeah <laughs> well i'm uh you know uh, this is this is the the recent addition to my list where i just thought of it but um i'm gonna start my list off with uh skeletor from masters of the universe yeah we unfortunately never got to see skeletor come back but he did promise it and much like Jesus, we're still waiting around for it.
1: Oh, I disagree. Actually, in a bit <laughs> of a serendipitous move, you—if you would look at Alien Resurrection, and you look at that alien, the like kind of human hybrid one that comes out. Oh in the end, yeah, that, he does I think look they, a little bit. It's the same face. They recycled the face, man. It's like that. So I think we did. They they kind of you know maybe it's maybe it's all takes maybe a uh, Masters of the Universe and Alien Resurrection takes place in the same universe. I can well, see that, and and yeah. so it's just a little bit, you know, of a nod to that '80s classic with Master of Cinema, Dolph Lundgren himself, Master of the Stage and Screen. Yeah, I yeah. don't know. Classic. I mean, look at do a Google image search when you get a chance, and tell me that they did not just go put Skeletor's face on a weird big slug baby. Slug baby, yeah. <laughs> <Tell> <laughs> you, <man. laughs>
0: well, maybe maybe it actually just is Skeletor. Maybe Skeletor sat around and goo for the better part of a decade, you know, not a lot of exercise they we been had in goo. And, uh, you know, got got rebirthed from the queen um, alien and and came out a slug baby.
1: Ske- the technology of Eternia that Skeletor had access to, I mean, he could have somehow, you know, Wi-Fi'd his DNA into the experiments going on in Alien Resurrection and just got a little, you know hitched a little ride on some molecules. I don't know. I mean, I mean, you, I you've Yedison, seen the film. It's that that's well, a whole new level of sci-fi that hasn't been reached since I'm talking about Masters I, of the Universe.
0: And I know a lot of people have an issue with Prometheus and Alien Covenant. You know, I think the jury's out on on if whether or not David actually created the Xenomorphs. It's very likely it could have been Skeletor. Yeah. We don't know. It we make, don't really know. It makes so much sense. Out. That makes so I think we should just, I think just look into it. Just look into it. That's all I'm saying.
1: All right. I'm going to Brighten up the atmosphere a little bit because this is not a horror movie or a sci-fi. It's just a fun little fantasy film with a weird offset, like, out-of-place synthesizer soundtrack. talking about The Princess Bride.
0: Oh. Yes. Okay. Yes. Nice. All right.
1: He gets killed. He doesn't make it. Things are bad. Well,
0: Well, okay. Hold on. Hold on. But does that count as a resurrection? Because he's not dead. He's actually, he's just mostly dead.
1: He's he's dead enough. I mean, he would have died. I, I don't know that, that now. You are getting, yeah. Does a guy go to the emergency? R- is everybody that returns from the emergency room uh, uh, resurrected from the dead? Some say that they were. Uh, I don't. I think he if um, if talk shows were around today and he had that experience, I think he would say, you know, go on one and oh, I saw the afterlife. You know, he. he I think he was dead. Dead amount dead. He's dead enough. He looked pretty dead. So yeah, okay. they, they put that weird, uh, bean in him and, uh, fill his chest with, uh, air from bellows and ask him questions and, um, Billy Crystal and, uh, what, Carol Kane, uh, yeah. cook up a miracle, you know, they feed it to him and he comes back to life and it's just, it's just a happy moment in a uh, very happy and fun movie.
0: Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, so uh, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep the good times rolling. All right. And uh, I'm also not gonna do a horror film. This is a this might be a first for our show where we've gone two movies back to back that didn't have some sort of horror element to it. Um, this film is more of a comedy. Some might say, uh, dark comedy, perhaps um, by one of the masters of said genre, and that is Bill Murray's character from Groundhog's Day. Oh yeah. I think his name is—is is his name Phil in the movie?
1: Uh, I don't. It's been a long time.
0: I think it is actually because I think it was—it was funny that he had the same name as the Groundhog. Um, listen, Groundhog's Day is a classic. It, it's it—it's—it's it's a tale of a man who is uh, who is forced to find his own redemption through reliving the same day over and over and over again. It's very almost biblical in terms of its struggle. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, He there's many layers of hell that he goes through day after day. And that, what is it? He's like a reporter sent to report on the Groundhog Day um, celebration in some small town.
0: Yeah, Bill Murray made a career of doing these films where he sort of played this schmucky, too-good-for-the-common-folk type character. I mean, a very similar character that he played in Scrooge. Yeah. You know, where he just kind of kind of seemed above, looked looked down his nose at the common folk right, and, until uh, a set of, of extraordinary circumstances set him on a path of redemption.
1: Yeah, that, and that scene of him uh, driving over the cliff with the stolen groundhog. <laughs> you remember that? Because <laughs> he gets yeah. that theory if he kills the groundhog too that maybe it will end his life. And, uh, and it doesn't yeah, work. That was, Spoilers. No, doesn't work. It was a fantastic scene though. That's a great one. I love Groundhog Day. Everybody likes yeah, that movie. Fantastic. Yeah, fantastic. Everybody loves Bill Murray. I mean, yeah. what's not to love? He's. Uh, I thought you were going to go with um, Zombie Land because he kind mm. of. Um, it's not a resurrection, but he he remember that great scene where he's dressed up yeah. like a zombie and he's playing golf. It's, he's talking about playing golf. Uh, that was pretty pretty cool stuff. Uh, so, I've got um, a uh, probably a another bad egg another. I mean, it's it's not a good movie. You you just did a comedy. This is like a st- action sci-fi that thinks okay. that that thinks it's funny. Like,
0: wait, wait, wait. Can I guess this? Sure. Is is it Universal Soldier?
1: No, it's not Universal Soldier. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, that's right. They bring those guys back from the dead a lot in that film too. The Dolph Thunder film. Yep, and our man jean Claude. Uh, no, this is a uh, Highlander two actually, and, and Highlander. Oh one. yes, I mean, yes, well, I, I could do two. I mean, Highlander one has actually a really wicked resurrection when. Uh,
0: yeah, Highlander uh, one is fantastic.
1: Yeah, when uh, was it Lambert? Uh, uh Christopher Lambert. Yeah, Christopher Lambert. Christopher he, Lambert. He, uh, he gets killed in the um that battle in like Scotland, and then they bury him, and then he just comes back to life, and like, and they're all terrified, and he's as surprised as they are, but they chase him out of town, right? And, that to me that was like really cool because it just was like so much mystery. What's going on here? Why is this guy back to life? And and the whole film, the whole Highlander one, just it was a really cool story because it didn't do a lot to explain itself. It just yeah. was, you know. It was just this mystery, but it made this really cool environment where these guys are, have been here forever they don't know why and but they all know that they're kind of engaged in this battle you know eternal battle thing it was it was wicked man A great cast. Well, one
0: of the, yeah one of the things that i love about you know in within film the movies i always sort to of gravitate towards is movies that create uh, that do world building yeah and the world of Highlander was great at least in my, from from my money the first movie and the series yeah like if you if you just took those two yeah if you just took those two movies forget the forget the movies after the series well i i
1: don't think we should because that's actually where i'm going with this okay (laughs) (laughs) if highlander one did uh world building uh highlander two pretty much did world ruining it it takes place like 500 years in the future and um uh, Ramirez, uh, Sean Connery's you know beloved character from the first film, right. who, um, you know, and
0: a Scottish man, yeah, Scottish playing man. an Egyptian with a Spanish surname.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it's amazing. I mean, that's what happens when you live for a really long time. You get some uh, you get some travel stickers on your suitcase. Right. Uh, but uh, he uh, sat, kind of sacrifices himself in the first film. You remember that he, he right? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Guy gets killed by the Corrigan and um, saves, but saves the others and. And it's this really awesome thing because, you know, but he gets his head cut off and it's like when a Highlander gets their head cut off, like they're dead, like he's gone. Right, so,
0: established rule of the franchise. Yes,
1: it's like the, it's like the, yeah, the, the main rule. It's like the whole point of this thing is like they're trying to cut each other's heads because they, they can heal from everything else. So when Highlander 2, which takes place 500 years in the future after uh, Connor, I think a Connor, Christopher Lambert's character has become... Yeah, Connor MacLeod. Yeah, he's the Highlander. He's like the last one. And... um uh, You find out that they were actually aliens from some other planet, uh, even though they all look human. Uh, And out of nowhere, uh, during this hokey, the worst Shakespeare performance you've ever seen, (laughs) uh, a lightning bolt just sort of delivers Sean Connery's character to the film. He's just here again, you know? And uh, he he makes some quirky jokes in front of the Shakespeare audience because he doesn't, you know, he's all out of place. He doesn't know what's going on. And he's just, yeah. Right. Yeah. And then he just, because goes he died,
0: and... he died long, long in the past from modern day. Of oh events yeah. Of Highland yeah, Highlander he, one. He
1: died in like so, medieval Scotland or something. Right. Yeah. So it's
0: been like at least a thousand years or more yeah. since he's been alive.
1: <laughs> and just for no reason at all, just here I am back in the movie because people really liked me. And uh, yeah, when and then and then he dies again in the stupidest way. Do you remember this scene? You, no. how, how, I try to Highland remember. I,
0: I, I, yeah, I try to forget a lot of Highlander 2. Okay, but so, not that, so
1: not part, any the first of the one, movies.
0: Uh, yeah, not that any of the movies after one were ever good. Yeah, they just never seemed to be able to get it after that, which is crazy because the series I thought again was really good. But, um... Well, the first, no, one, the first
1: one had him getting murdered by this mad tyrant conqueror guy, right? Which yep, is just awesome. Yep. Second one, uh, pretty much a ceiling fan kills him. It's,
0: oh, that's yeah, right, yeah, that's right. It's one right. of the
1: stupid scenes where they're, like, trapped in this room and this, like, big fan is lowering slowly and, um...
0: does he kind of use some, like, magic or yeah, something? Yeah, he's, these, like, suddenly cooking Suddenly power. he's, like,
1: I've got this power here and he kind of does some <laughs> dumb speech to explain why this there's this new power now that he can do and, uh... And, and like, right as, you know, he, he stalls the fan from lowering long enough that the other two can leave. And then right as it's about to yeah. hit him, he just lightning bolts away and he's gone again. Yeah, right. It's <laughs> so bad.
0: Listen, I'd be fine if they just kept bringing him back, you know? And, like, that was just the explanation. Like, Sean Connery's Highlander power is that he can lightning bolt in and out of scenes after his deaths. But...
1: Um, I think I, if they bring him back if they if they were to bring him back after that, it should have been something where only Connor sees him, you know sure, he's yeah obviously well, like crazy it's, by it's, now
0: It's funny that you mentioned that because to me, Highlander 2 was the precursor of the introduction of midi chlorines to the Star Wars universe, yeah yeah, where you took something that was previously so rooted in this cool magical idea, and you try to introduce this pseudoscience to it that completely ruins all of it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah that's, uh, so, you know what? He might as well have come back as a Force ghost.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you're right. It's just like explaining the Force, man, just on a much much smaller franchise that not a lot of people know these these days. But, uh, hell, I don't know. Uh, we're not recommending movies tonight, but uh, if, go go see Highlander 1 if you haven't. That's a great movie. And it,
0: <laughs> funny that you mention uh, the Highlander series because the Kurgan in the Highlander series is played by uh, the indomitable Clancy Brown. Oh, that guy's who, great. Who who was part of another franchise, albeit the sequel, uh, for my next entrance. Oh, I know where you're in going terms with of, this. In terms of great uh, resurrections, and that's Gage, the, uh, the the little from the undead baby killer from Pet Cemetery. Yes. Which uh, I have not seen the sequel, or uh, the, I've not seen the remake. I've seen the sequel.
1: It's getting bad uh, reviews, man, real bad. Is it? Oh, is it? yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, I could go on a whole we, – maybe we, we may do a whole – podcasts on why remakes typically don't work but i'm i'm not gonna get into that negativity today i'm gonna talk about the first pet cemetery and why it's awesome um first off unlike i mean the introduction of the the baby-esque killer has been around a long time i mean certainly one of its contemporaries um child's play had you know a somewhat similar you know Villain, and that it was a doll, but it was childlike, you know. Yeah. Um, There's a famous episode from the Twilight Zone, very similar. Again, in that instance, it was a doll, but the idea that something innocent can be so deadly was fantastic. And uh, funny note, the the actor who played Gage, Miko Hughes, was also in one of my other favorite horror films that was way ahead of its time, which was Wes Craven's New Nightmare.
1: Oh yeah, that was a good one.
0: Yeah, yeah. He played the son that uh, Freddie's trying to take over.
1: Yeah, that was, and that's kind of a resurrection film, isn't it? That that was no, the one where they, yeah. they kind of explain that uh, the the Nightmare on Elm Street movies are actually trying to summon a real demon that exists in our world or something.
0: Yeah, it was like it was like they were, it was contained somehow in the series, and because the series had laid so dormant. Um, you know, the demon was able to be kept. Uh, the demon had been able to be kept at bay because until the series went dormant, and then because it was dormant, it was starting to like bleed into the real world. I, yeah. way ahead of its time.
1: Yeah, very cool. And 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 uh, coincidentally, um, what my mom actually believed about Nightmare on Elm Street. She was a very religious woman, and uh, she thought that. I mean, a lot of Christians did. It's not like her her own crazy theory. She didn't make this up. But a lot, you know, we talk about the Satanic Panic of the '80s a lot.
0: Yeah, right. And there
1: were a lot of Christian people that believed that Freddy Krueger was some kind of real demon that was working his way into our consciousnesses through uh, film.
0: Through the film, yeah. I, mean, I wonder if that was the inspiration for, um, you know, the premise of that film. Could be. Um, but but back to to the original Pet Cemetery, You know, obviously a Stephen King novel. Super creepy, um, has all the elements that Stevie King builds. It's great. I mean, there are moments in that film that are still unnerving today. I mean, Gage's death while basically off screen. Do you remember just like the, the little baby shoe in the road?
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah, man.
0: And I don't remember this. if this was the case, but I swore at the time you could see a little bit of meat inside of it. Do you remember that? Uh,
1: see, I don't think so. But that's, I mean, that's how good that scene was, that it was just that, right. that shoe in the road, and you're like, oh, God, you know, that's... Like, I mean, wh- yeah, how it... do you have to get hit for your
0: shoes to come off? Right. Like, I don't think there was either, but, but I, but I you know, the power of the imagination, and, and like you said, the power of that scene, you know, like seeing that little toddler crawl onto the road, and you see this big old 18-wheeler bearing down on it, and you just know what's going to happen, and then, you know, it cuts away to a reaction shot, I think, of the dad running towards him, and then just cutting back to that shoe like in my mind there was like a piece of flesh you know like maybe it broken his his foot at his ankle yeah that was kind of that kind of maintained um, you know and then and then another one of the more gruesome sort of you know cringeworthy de- you know attacks in horror film which is when oh um, uh, what is the character what is the actor who played Herman Munster for most people would know him as uh, uh, Fred Gwynn most people would know him from *Car 54*, where are you? And of course, playing Herman Munster. By this yeah. point, he was a, an older man, and um, you know, playing playing the guy trying to warn them away from playing with uh, this Indian burial ground. But you know, Gage gets him by taking a what is it? A surgical knife? Yeah, like a little scalpel. Little sh- scalpel? Yeah, something really
1: sharp like that. I don't know why they had that there, but uh, I don't remember. But it, it, it slices
0: his Achilles heel in a scene that still makes me sort of like crawl up when i watch it
1: yeah that that one was rough and i think pet cemetery too man they, they really couldn't c- compete with that but there was one scene uh what did it say clancy What what's his name clancy brown yeah where clancy brown as the the resurrected stepdad uh takes a a drill and starts like i think he starts drilling into edward furlong's shoulder oh yeah yeah, yeah, going, yeah oh good god just running it and it's
0: <laughs> well and there was a creepy the creepy scene where um I think it's uh, oh, who was it was it, it must have been where you know it's the in Pet Cemetery too. It's the dog that dies that gets brought back. Yeah, and there's a scene where a, there's a lady and she starts trying to have sex with a guy, and then it's the dog's head on her body, which was really eerie and creepy. That is weird. Uh, and let's not forget this 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 attribute will make any film horror or otherwise better, and that's that the Ramones wrote a song about it. And it's it's actually one of my favorite remote songs ever.
1: Pretty good song, man. It's and great. Yeah, and it's like uh, normally songs where lyrics are so specific that you're just like, I can't really relate to this. But somehow, somehow that song, you're just like, Yeah, I don't, yeah, that's right. It's I mean, the lyrics are basically, I don't want to be buried in a pet cemetery, which I don't, I want don't. To live my life again. And it's like, oh uh, yeah, I could I can see that. But it it's one of those ones like we were talking about that you. You get a lot in in heavy metal, but not so much in uh, you know three chord punk rock like the Ramones, right, song, where yeah. they're just like they're just kind of laying out the atmosphere for a horror film and um, to music, and it works so well. Right, so that's, that's a great song, man.
0: Right, and you don't think you don't traditionally think of the Ramones as a as a horror act. You know, it's not like the Misfits did a song for him or the Damned or you know anything along those lines. It was a uh, yeah, it was a it was a it, well, it's Stephen King's favorite band. That's and, right, and. And they did an excellent job, sort of conveying the feel of the of the film. I
1: want to say the truck driver is listening to like Sheena is a Punk Rocker or something. Oh, is he? Yeah, I have to go when, back and watch it. He runs it. over the boy. He's, I think he's got Ramones playing in his in his truck.
0: Actually, if if uh, Pet Sematary is in my top three of Ramones songs, Sheena is a Punk Rocker is uh, also in that top three.
1: Yeah, whether or not it's in the film, we we can't quite remember. But yeah, it's a great movie, right. a great song uh let's see i've got something um if you ever heard of a little film i think they made a book of it too this is called the lord of the rings
0: oh nice yes nice. i think i know where you're going with this this was actually up until very recently was on my list what was on your list what well, where i think you're going with this where
1: do you think i'm going with this
0: as uh, uh, gandalf the wizard he
1: was pretty cool, but no, actually, what impressed oh. me the most was
0: when uh, I think it's
1: when uh, Sauron. Uh, I don't know. What's, it's not. It's not. It's Sauron is the main guy, the main bad guy. Yeah, know, what was, yeah, yeah. What was the other guy that was like played by so the old Chris- Dracula by Christopher Lee? Uh,
0: Christopher Lee. Uh, I will he had find a similar name,
1: but but he's he kind of gets the task of rebuilding the orc army. You remember that? Yeah. And they have this great scene where they're just doing this huge huge excavation, like you would see like. Uh, in a quarry or something, and they're just digging, digging, and Suramon, Suramon yeah, and he's yeah, he's just kind of being the foreman while all these orcs are using these huge machines to just excavate this land because you know orcs are just buried deep in the ground, like. For thousands yeah. of years, and they're and well, they're, and they're
0: like they're dead elves, right? Essentially, they're not. De- they, uh, they're
1: they're like cursed elves, I believe. But yeah, but nobody's uh-huh. dead. That's what I love. It's not like they're digging up corpses and going like, oh, and then like bringing them back to life. It's like. They're just in there. They just like, you know, it's like, I found another one. They just pull them up and like, oh, thanks. You know, like,
0: yes. Like, like, I wonder, I wonder what the backstory was, where somehow there was a bunch of orcs and they got buried with the land maybe the trees did.
1: I don't know. And yeah. It- but they undig this, this whole army and they're all just wide awake and they've you know, they just been like down in the earth, just completely buried for thousands of years. And uh, they crazy. come up ready to fight and I just, I was so, watching that in the theater, I was so impressed by that scene. I just thought, that is such a cool concept. Let me just dig up my army here so we
0: can go and attack. Nice. Yeah. No, the scene's great. And, it's, and what's awesome about it also is like different types of orcs are uncovered. Yeah. You know, like as they're digging some of like the engineer orcs and then others are like the, you know, the super orcs.
1: Yeah. They finally find that one. Um, I think it. Uruk high or something he has a strange mm-hmm. name yeah, yeah right they, like they felt like oh we found him and they dig up this like massive like horrible orc that you're just like oh that guy's not that's not good that's not good yeah, yeah right that was a fun film
0: yeah absolutely absolutely now um i'm a little hesitant to go into my next one because you may not so this is this is a we're going to step slightly out of film we're going to go into a series for a moment if i may However, I don't know if this character has officially been resurrected in the books, uh, but he has in the series, which shouldn't be shouldn't be a, a, a spoiler to anyone as it happened a few years ago. Yeah. Do you, kind of, do you kind of know where I'm going with this? Yeah. Am I cool to go with this? Yeah, way? it
1: happens in the books too.
0: Okay. I didn't know if it had happened in the books that have come out yet or he just sort of alludes to it. But um, uh, Game of Thrones, Jon Snow. Yeah. Which I actually just finished watching. Uh, the latest episode just moments ago. What's cool about it is, you know, and I'll speak for the TV show. Um, you know, what, what's that's a show much like what Walking Dead was and and kind of attempted to be, where right off the bat it establishes the rules that nobody is safe. You know, yeah. No matter no matter how much you might like a character, no matter how much name value. Oh yeah, fan you know, they,
1: favorite. You know, brings yeah. in the ratings. If they gotta go, they gotta go. <laughs> That's right. So,
0: you know, you start you start off at the bat with Ned Stark's death in season one uh, onwards to Rob Stark's death and Caitlyn Stark. And you, you just start to you, they set the precedent that the Stark clan, no matter how much you may love them, none of them are safe. And so at the end of season six, I believe, when John or maybe season five, when John sort of bites the dust you know, there's of course that part of you that's like there's no way they're killing off this major character. Yeah. You know, this 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 he is the song of fire and ice. Like, you know, he's got to be there to the better end, but then there's that part of you that has that seed of doubt that that just thinks to itself, but but does he? You know, maybe we've been led down a path and we're they we're going to they're going to pivot on it, you know? And certainly from the mind of of George R.R. R. Martin, anything is possible certainly the, the more depressing the better
1: not anything apparently it's not possible to finish his last two books
0: <laughs> well the jury's out he might still <sighs> um
1: yeah i'm so glad he's made all these friends in hollywood he doesn't need us nerds anymore he can just but what yeah hang out with cool people with british accents and he yeah that, doesn't have to go to cons right. to talk sci-fi and I'm so glad for him, but
0: I, I I would be shocked if he does ever finish those books. Me too, Why? because obviously the series <laughs> yeah. the series is over in four weeks, and and while well, I I assume that there are going to be some pretty pun intended stark differences between the <laughs> books and the series, um, I I do think that at a certain point, like your your main plots are going to be unveiled, and and does the do the books hold as much weight if you know the answers, at least the broad answers?
1: I I think that it's, uh, very likely that even if both books were out, um, they wouldn't spoil the show. That's how, that's how different. Like, for example, there is another resurrection in the show or in the book that, uh, you may not be aware of. Uh, Uh, I think I know where you're going with this. Well, you mentioned Lady Stark, uh, Caitlin, right? Caitlin Stark. Uh, yeah. Yeah. She gets resurrected, um, by the, uh. I can't remember what they're called. They're that band of
0: the Lord, the Lord of Light, the, yeah, the Order yeah, of the his, Light.
1: His guys, yeah. They and, yeah. and they bring her back, and she becomes their new leader. And, yeah, Lady um, Stoneheart. Lady Stoneheart. Yeah, and she's just out executing everybody that had anything to do with that red wedding, and uh, yeah, she's a chilling character in the later books. I mean, she is. It's it's just pure hateful judgment, you know, roaming the land with these warriors, just. Grab. I mean, it's like anybody that had anything to do with it It doesn't matter if they were like, you know, really part of it hands on or if they were just there. You know, if they weren't victims of it and they were there, she's going to hang you.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, you know, as much as I enjoyed the resurrection of Jon Snow and it was obviously very necessary for the story to continue, one um, death that I was kind of disappointed didn't get a resurrection was that of Robb Stark. I had this theory. After the Red Wedding, that uh, all the Stark children would end up monsters by the end of this, huh. um, in a, in, a, in a unique way. Obviously, uh, you know, Catelyn Stark was is Lady Stoneheart. She's literally a monster. I had this theory that Rob Stark, because if you remember, once he was murdered, they uh, they killed his his uh, yeah. direwolf yeah. and sewed the head on him. Right. And I just had this idea that like somehow Caitlyn or the Lord Order of the Light would would resurrect him, but he would be this monstrosity that sort of like. You know, where creature. You know, head of a direwolf and body of a man, and he would sort of be like roam the countryside of Westeros. You know, murdering those who have wronged him or, or were part of the family that killed them. Well, uh, th- in, that in was... a
1: way, in the books, he does because that becomes part of the folklore of you know, uh, you know, because people hear things and they have allegiance to certain sides and stuff, and that that's supposed that's like the tale that they pitch of why they killed oh, him. Oh, right. Is because right. um from out of nowhere he turned into a big werewolf and started attacking everyone. And right, like after right. the whole everything's said and done, like commoners go on believing that story and even some thinking he might still be out there and you know he kind of becomes this like fable in some of the lower kingdoms of this like monster that's be, to be feared.
0: You know what I'd love to see from Lord of the Rings? I would love to see sort of an offshoot of uh, Lord of the oh, I'm sorry, not Lord of the Rings. Yeah, you know, know what? You God damn it, you yeah, did it to me. That's yeah. Right, I, uh, <laughs> Game of Thrones. I would love to see an offshoot that happens at the same time period as these events, but from a different perspective of people who aren't directly involved with the show. You know, sort of a Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead version of Game of Thrones. Yeah. Where you could explore some of the more ha- horror elements that the, you know, the main series couldn't get to, like uh, Lady Stoneheart or potentially the, the werewolf Rob Stark.
1: Yeah. It'd be cool. Uh, I think it'd they should fine. do that. There's lots, there's a lot there to work with.
0: I think there's a, there's a, there's a pretty rich world that you can explore and you can, you can flesh out without necessarily having to dip back into the main story.
1: So my next resurrection actually does involve Jesus and okay. uh, it's like super dumb, but I just, I always loved it. Uh, it's South park. Uh, okay. one of the, the, the Easter special, uh, where, uh, the The Catholic, I think it's like the American Catholic League is trying to uh, kill all the rabbits, and um, Stan's dad kill is the this, rabbit. Yeah, he's like this. The he's like an order of the rabbit because okay, uh, the Catholic Church was established to to hide the fact that the original Pope was a rabbit. So something mm. it's so stupid. The plot is so dumb, but uh, <laughs> there's this part where they've got Jesus in jail with um, Kyle, and. Right. He can't use his powers to go save, uh, you know, all all the victims of the Catholic Church that that they're going to execute. Oh, victims of the Catholic Church—that's got a whole new context these days. Uh, I was gonna say, yeah, yeah. Wow. Sorry to get so dark. Uh, no, uh, all all the uh, captives of the Catholic Church. Oh boy, this yeah. is tough. Uh, well, basically, Stan's <laughs> dad and his crew. So he's, <laughs> yeah, right. So Jesus has—he's like, I've got the only way I can get out of here is. I'm in human form right now. so the only way I can get out of here is to die. So he has Kyle like stab him in the neck. And then he, oh, Jesus. Yeah, <laughs> and then he just sort of like flops around the prison cell, spraying blood everywhere and choking until, until he dies. And then it like Jesus. cuts to the chapel where the, the church is, you know, the Catholic league, they're about to do their awful ritual and stuff. And, Jesus just like zaps in and he's like, not so fast, you know, he, he just resurrects right there and in, in, in adult form, you know, and he's just ready to go. And, uh, I guess an adult form. Cause sometimes when Jesus is born, he's a baby. So I, yeah, yeah baby Jesus is my favorite. That probably didn't need clarification, but so there's Jesus. Right. And he's got, you remember this movie from the eighties is Brad, fantasy film called crawl Game in the Cube Kr- well the, yeah, oh crawl, yeah crawl, dude I, you remember Kroll crawl like is dope yeah was great.
0: I he's got he had the, the ninja star
1: yeah it's like that ninja star that he could throw and control so yeah. Jesus is just randomly holding that <laughs> 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 like the head of the American Catholic League like takes off running to escape but he's just like not so fast and he throws it and like a scene out of Predator, man, it just cuts the guy right in two. Like Jesus. guts go everywhere. And then and Jesus doing this like really cool kind of Dragon Ball Z pose. And he just like puts these, uh you know, Matrix sunglasses on. And yeah, oh, man, it's just – and it's playing some, you know, like an actual Christian song. Like it's got this, you know, he is risen, like playing in the background <laughs> on this whole part.
0: It's just like, man, Can't...
1: I wish church was really like that. That, that
0: Listen, that just, uh, just, just as an aside, let me – so the other day I was taking a Lyft and my Lyft driver was rocking, uh, you know, a, a who's who of Christian uh, folk rock bands. Oh, God.
1: Are they allowed to do right. that? Is that I guess I, there's well, no rule against it. Yeah,
0: I, there's no rule against it. But let me tell you something. I think that if the uh, you know, I, I think people know that that um, the Catholic Church in particular has had a bit of a, some negative press lately. Yeah. Um, their image has taken a little bit of a hit and uh, they're not as hip as they as they once were. And uh, I think, you know, Kevin Smith uh, ha- had the right idea in the late 90s when he introduced the idea of, um, you know, getting rid of the crucifix, being a little bit of a downer and replacing it with the buddy Christ. Oh, yeah, totally. Yep. But I think for this more modern age, we need some more of this like crawl ninja star wielding Terminator 2 Matrix glass, you know, bearing super saiyan jesus yeah, you know? yeah exactly and you and, update and, him, man. and that music yeah man fireball. that music is that music is doing no one any favors
1: yeah i'm i'm totally down i mean if like all that stuff was real and there was this dude that could like and
0: we're not saying that it is that it, but that it, if it was if
1: it was i mean it would be some weird stuff man like it wouldn't really be like it's described in that one book like it would be you know no. crazy superpowers also, it would be like real sci-fi high fantasy stuff and like yeah i want to see that represented in 2.0 like whenever that starts starts up you know whatever internet community finally gets registered as a real religion
0: well let's be honest. Let's, be honest let's be honest you know for those who believe that the, the idea that jesus is coming back be be careful what you wish for because what you might get is zombie jesus and he might be kind of pissed off after a couple couple thousand years of being underground, no brains to feed on.
1: Yeah, well, I think there was something. I, I don't know. Back in the eighties, uh when I was, you know, kind of a part of all that, we we uh we heard a lot about the end end of times, the end days. Right. And there I swear there was something that was like the like the dead were gonna come out of their graves and like but I think it was like a good thing. Like they're going to come out of the graves, and Jesus is going to be like, "Y'all can go to heaven now." And they're going to be like, "Oh hell yeah!" And they're going to like go on. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it was like oh zombies, you know, and like oh Jesus, get me out of here. Like, I think it, but I I can't remember. Or it could have been both. It could have been like some come yeah. out and they're like, "Oh finally, I get to go to heaven," and then some come out and they're like, "I don't get to go to heaven. I'm going to be a zombie and kill people." Then,
0: well, it's funny that you mentioned that because that's actually the next entry on my list. And uh, when you think about resurrections, I think that you you'd be I'd be a remiss if I didn't mention some of the coolest resurrections, and that are the zombies from the George A. Romero series, and particularly *Night of the Living Dead* oh, and yeah. uh, Day, *Dawn of the Dead*. Yep. You know, when there's no more room in hell, the dead will roam the earth.
1: Yeah, it's a great line.
0: Yes. Yes. Now, so that to me, that that is far more likely to be the. Um, the rapture than uh, this idea that people just kind of come up from the grave and they're just like, hey, uh, what's going on, guys? And they're like, hey, here's the, there's a the train to heaven. Like, great, finally been waiting. No, I think, I think you're gonna see some some bloodlust. You're gonna see some, uh, you know, you might still get the the slow shambling zombie, but but they're gonna be pissed off, buried, trapped in a casket for, you know, however long. And uh, you know, to me, those films first off they've endured the test of time you know and they've they've always they've always resembled and reflected the anxieties of what's going on at the time you know from from the very first night of the living dead all the way up until the last one that i saw which was land of the dead
1: yeah land of the dead was that was a weird one that was like romero was like starting to care about his zombies you know (laughs) He's like hey like i would call land of the dead zombies have feelings too like that. Well, you know,
0: you you, you know, you, I think over the course of the movies, you saw them evolve. Yeah. You know, like they started to, they started to gain a certain quote unquote humanity, and you know, from the very, I mean, if you think about this, this all takes place. Well, certainly the first three movies take place in the course of what, like thirty six hours or something like that. Uh, yeah, yeah, it, yeah. Yeah, so there's not there's there's not a lot of time in that period for them to have adapted to being alive again. But by Land of the Dead, which is set in the near future, they've kind of Created their own social hierarchy and uh, started to relearn skills, and and certainly had a more focused attack and purpose for attacking. Right. You know, even anything from the uh, the the lead zombie in, in Land of the Dead, like learning how to pump gas because that was his old job. Yeah. To uh, to sort of leading a rebellion against the people living in the the Crystal City, you know, behind the walls.
1: What, what do you think causes the zombies? Uh, I mean, it's not really ever explained, but it, you must have some kind of theory. Being a big fan,
0: you know, I don't know. I I, I like I like the idea that there just that there simply was no more room in hell. I just I like taking that sort of at face value. That um, you know, the great thing the great thing about the George <laughs> a, the great thing about the George A. Romero films is that he never he never George Lucas his zombies. Yeah. You know, he didn't he didn't explain that they were aliens. He didn't explain that it was midi chlorines that rose them from the dead. <laughs> he just sort of he let the mystique of the of the zombie uh, resurrection just exist. Um and in fact, the only disappointment that I have is that we didn't see jo- Zombie Jesus amongst them. I thought that was really a missed opportunity.
1: Well, 2000 years is a very long time for a corpse. I mean, maybe if if uh Jesus was mummified, but he wasn't. Uh, there's, and there's. Do we know that though? Well, I mean, uh, you, you're okay. You're saying because we're going with your model of the Romero universe. So no room in hell literally means hell exists. So in that yep, case. Yep, yep. Uh, Jesus was definitely not mummified, but he also isn't underground because he never died. He died, rose again. Well, he did a, die. He went to hell, though. Today, in but, fact, yeah. this is the anniversary of him rising again, according to the according to your Cut. view of the George A. Romero universe. Uh, nah, so. Not really. They stole from the pagans. <laughs> no, no. But this is this is we're talking about in Night of the Living. The Dead. science. Yeah, so, Talk about science. So Night of the Living Dead has hell, has Jesus. Yeah, Jesus right. is in heaven. He's not underground. In that, in your. Night of the Living Dead but, universe,
0: but but I don't think that there's ever been established that these zombies have souls, but that they're just the reanimated bodies and corpse of the dead, right? Yes,
1: I think so. So, yeah.
0: so that in theory, zombie Jesus does exist in this George A. Romero universe.
1: No, because he if he didn't die again, he like when he comes well, back from the dead. His body doesn't come back, does it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like he just he just like moves the stone aside of the cave that he's in. Well, hold on, and he hold comes on. Listen, he's like this I'm, is I'm, a guy I'm, I'm back from the dead. And he like talks to some people for a little bit, and then he just kind of you know he didn't he didn't like, get like, like a new body. Boom, up to heaven.
0: He didn't get like a new body, like a fresh you know. Like he just I, I mean, he got, lost. He, I I got a I got wear and tear so. on that old body. Yeah,
1: I, well, I think he was like in there doing kind of like a Wolverine. Oh kind of yeah, like all, all the powers. holes are closing up. It just oh, you know, it took like copy. three days. Like the crow.
0: He was like the crow. Yeah. So Jesus is the crow. Is what you're saying? Long hair, heals his wounds, hangs out with birds.
1: But the music's not as good.
0: That's true. That's yeah. not as good. They're, they're, I Christians. Mean, crow soundtrack. versus game.
1: God's not dead soundtrack.
0: Let's Ooh, be honest. Yeah. Come on. It's not even close. <laughs> not even close.
1: <laughs> 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 all right. Well, moving on. I've got a film called Alien Resurrection and apparently yeah. it sucks and shouldn't have been made so <laughs> what else have you got?
0: <laughs> it's i mean look it's it's got it's i mean look it has renona rider yeah so that's right props that shot to renona rider
1: um it was also but, this is some cool points it was directed by uh jean uh, what's this, Jeunet, the Jean pierre Junet? The if i'm yeah. saying that right you know him you know what i'm talking about yeah yeah, what yeah. Did he do? Yeah. Uh, city of lost did children he, uh Amelie. was he married to
0: like gina davis
1: <laughs> that i don't know i don't know anything about his personal life but you know good for him she's a catch you know earth girls yeah. are easy great movie uh, oscar award-winning movie
0: yeah you know he it was also written by josh whedon earth girls are easy or uh alien resurrection no uh alien resurrection what about earth girls are easy who wrote that I don't know, but I'm sure Josh Whedon wishes he wrote it. Have you
1: seen Earth Girls or Easy?
0: I have, long time ago.
1: It's got Jeff Goldblum. It's got it's Damon got Wayans.
0: Does it have Damon Wayans? Yeah. <laughs> it's, got, it's, it's, got like a, it's got like a who's who of comedic actors, doesn't it? Nah. Jim Carrey was in it, Damon Wayans. Um, Michael McKean from uh, you know, it, a Mighty Wind. Mighty and, Wind, uh, uh, Spinal Tap, man. Come on. Spinal Tap, yeah. yeah. Uh, what was the other one that did oh, uh, Best uh, in Best Show. in Show, great film.
1: Yeah. Actually yeah. I actually watched that uh the other night. Um Oh really? Yeah, yeah, I actually have a story to tell you. I uh uh well, we were getting close to the end here and I was, I got some good news. I got engaged last weekend. Oh yeah. dude. And so Congratulations. Uh, yeah, thank you. Yeah, and it, we had this whole plan. We were gonna like uh I rented well not we, I, I planned this thing. I rented this farmhouse and I was gonna like propose to run to the stars, you know, uh oh, wow. just out on this out on this like hill. Uh yeah, it was really beautiful. And then fifty mile an hour winds came and it's like all the other people in the area were like, like they spent the night in their sheds, but like our place didn't have a shed. So we just kind of were in the kitchen watching a, a best in show DVD and I had to That's propose amazing. to her. It, yeah, that had to be. I had, just had to do it, you know. But because cause I was like, I'm doing it tonight. <laughs> <laughs> but like, if we go outside, we may be, may be injured. So <laughs> blown away. Yeah, right. Yeah.
0: So that happened. But but uh, well, so cool. I'll always
1: have a special place in my heart now for Best in Show. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, congratulations Thank uh, you. for those who who might be questioning. Like, uh, this is literally. The absolute first time that I'm hearing this. Yeah, it is. So. I shouldn't
1: have done that. I should have told you. No, it's good.
0: It's <laughs> great. <laughs> <laughs> we'll share it with everyone, yeah. and uh, I'm sure from everyone who listens uh, and myself, you know, congratulations to you and your new bride. Thank you. Or new to be bride. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, So I don't know how I can top that, you know. Um, So uh, all I can do is is do my very best at this point to end on an even higher note. All right. Than your than your upcoming nuptials, yeah. and that is. um, what, what might be at the top of the list for me in terms of resurrections, uh, the one who who truly uh, died for uh, our sins and his and came back.
1: I think I know where you uh, with this.
0: And, uh, and that's Frank the Monster from Hellraiser.
1: Oh, yeah. God, he went – when I think of what he went through, man, you know, oh,
0: man. Man, I'll tell you, I hadn't watched Hellraiser uh, in a long time. And I sat down the other night over over some yummy, yummy vegan pizza from Cruisers Pizza. Shout out to Cruisers, and, uh, and and one of my favorite brews. And I was sitting there watching it, and man, Frank is a cool character. This is a true hedonist, a, a libertine, if you will, traveling the globe in search of pleasure, yeah, um, to his own detriment. And he comes across the uh, the lament configuration box, and summons uh, the the gash, how a uh, pinhead. And uh, and his crew, and it's cool. It's crazy because like when you watch the movie in the beginning, it starts to feel like well, they just they showed up and killed him, right? Yeah. But actually, like they introduce him to this idea of this mixture of pain and pleasure. You know, like the like the torture only exists so that the highs are that much higher for him. Right. Although in the end, once he experiences this, these super highs, um, there's no place for him to go but to just rest in hell uh, until until the the blood of his brother which which i i i, I might I'll, I'll give some creative liberties to the amount of blood that that simple nail scratch drew from his brother i mean it feels like it's about 30 pounds of blood dropping down from his hand yeah <laughs> but um <laughs> you know the the and i always wondered if it was, if like would any other blood have resurrected him or was it just because it was like the DNA of his brother?
1: No, I think so. I, I mean, I don't know. It's hard to tell like what's canon and, not, and what's not with the, uh, the Hellraiser films, but there is yeah. that part in, um, I think, I think it's part. Yeah. It's part two. Yeah. So it's canon, uh, where they, um, they have, uh, wait, Is it part two? Yeah. They have that mattress that, uh, I think, Oh yeah. I died two. on and they get that, um, there, there's a uh, schizophrenic man that believes bugs are crawling all over him, and they yeah, right. uh, set him on the mattress and they give him a razor blade and they're like, "Go ahead and take care of the bugs." And he just starts like slashing himself up, and the blood resu- uh. resurrects her.
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you know, the the character of Frank is so cool. Could not be played by one actor. Could not be played by two actors. But it was played by three separate actors. <laughs> one. One. Uh, the the skinned cat. Uh, the not the skinned. The um the the the, the fully alive sexy. 80s heartthrob frank who seduces his brother's bride-to-be and uh and sends her down a path of debauchery there's of course frank the monster who was played by a different actor that was thin enough to be you know be put in the flesh the skin suit yeah and and sort of still be able to walk around and then there was um i didn't know this i was i was kept questioning this as i was watching the film because there's no delineation between characters speaking in a British accent and people speaking in an American accent. Like they never really explained that only that the family previously lived in Brooklyn, but it's uh, actually supposed to be set in America. Yeah. And, uh, and, um, the actor part and part of that was for funding purposes that the, that the film had to be set in America. And so even though they filmed it in, in England, the main house that they shoot the film is actually, is actually based in England. They, um, they wanted to make it an americanized film for investors and so they uh they did vo they they dubbed over the actor the heartthrob actor frank his british accent with an american accent
1: oh wow <laughs> yeah <laughs> wait so then there's that famous line where um he he's uh he's hanging from the hooks and he just goes uh, yep. jesus wept yeah. Is that that's in part 1, right? Or Is that part 2?
0: That no, that's in part 1. Yeah. yeah, that's
1: part 1. Okay, so that I I had read that that was improvised. So It
0: was. It was. So Larry, the the actor who played Larry, um was it the last name is Cotton? Yeah, okay. Do you remember how yeah, yeah. So the actor who plays Larry Carton Cotton who is Frank's um brother who's married to Julia um who who looks like sort of a like could be the brother of um uh, John Voight, maybe. Yeah, you know, he's he kind of got that b- bit of a look to him. So the, uh, the so the actor who played Larry Cotton, his name was I will find that info and cut this silence out. <laughs> yeah, so that so so Larry Cotton was played by Andrew Robinson, who actually was one of the more trained actors on that set. And he helped with the, several of the lines, but including, I think the line was originally supposed to be "fuck off." Yeah,
1: yeah, it's right. He's just cut kind it,
0: of, oh, fuck off. Yeah, and, and he's um, like,
1: Jesus wept, like, like laughing, and it oh, it's creepy as hell, man. Right, that's, right. the right, you know that's the shortest verse in the Bible. Did you know that?
0: Yes, I've heard that. Yeah, I've heard that's, that.
1: That's a real Bible verse.
0: And um, right before he's he's torn apart, ripped to shreds, you know, reduced to meat chunks by the gash. Yeah. But um to me that resurrection is so cool, not only because I just watched it and so it's fresh in my mind, but also because you know, for a lot of these films that we've talked about, it, it the resurrection in itself doesn't necessarily fuel the plot. You know? Yeah. But in but in this but in the Hellraiser film, like Frank's resurrection is the catalyst for everything that occurs, not only in that movie, but as you mentioned, um Hellraiser two, Hellbound.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's right.
0: The first two Hellraisers, I think, are, are fucking brilliant films. Um, you know, as as is the case for most of these horror franchises, they go downhill pretty quickly thereafter. But um, I'm gonna, st- I'm, I'm, I'm gonna start a campaign, and I'd like, I'd like the Grindhouse uh, listeners to to help me with this. I'd like to, I'd like to present the idea of Hellraise being an Easter film.
1: Hmm. It's kinda of like a Die you know, Hard's a Christmas film thing. Yeah,
0: listen, like if Die Hard can be a Christmas film, why can't Hellraiser be an Easter film?
1: Because Easter's not mentioned at all in the movie.
0: That's that's true. It's true. That's a very good point, <laughs> and I've considered that. However, uh if you think about the true meaning of Easter, you know, let's let's forget about all the pagan um attributes that that the Catholic Church stole in order to sort of flesh out the idea of Easter. Let's go let's go really down to its core at the core of this easter holiday it's about zombie jesus it's about a character who sinned was killed for said sinned and then was resurrected and came back to earth and and who does that describe if not frank the monster
1: well i i okay yeah i could maybe <laughs> yeah, maybe it's, and listen, maybe in some circles that would go sure
0: Yeah, I'm pretty sure that some <laughs> angels came down and like harked the revival of Jesus and, and and what does Pinhead say famously we're demons to some angels to others that's right it could just
1: be an Easter tradition if you if you just want to have a good Easter have fun yeah with the family with the wife and kids
0: the, you know I think that this is the, the best way to sort of uh, ring in the season watching Frank the monster's resurrection and subsequent death
1: well Jesus wept
0: You're listening to the Grindhouse Podcast on the Zombie Jesus Network. Please follow us on Instagram at Grindhouse Podcast and listen to us every Monday on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher and wherever all fine podcasts can be found.